Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave Single with a ten-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only, single item at regular price. It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It's Friday. Job well done. You made it. Greatly appreciate it. Buckle up for the fastest hour in radio, sponsored by Allo. Call Allo today in Lincoln for residential at 402-480-6550. Or for business, call 402-480-6500. Or you can chat with them online at allofiber.com. It is the fastest hour in radio. They're the best in the business. Get to Allo today. Do that. 402-464-5685. Start a hand text line. Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Greatly appreciate it. You folks on the video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter Live. Twitter Live. You can see what's going on and engage in this conversation. Let's get to the fastest hour on radio. Let's bring them in properly. Here's a guy that gives them more depth at UNLV. Everett Gray brings nine points off the bench for Coach Tarkanian. In less than 20 minutes of play in a game. Here he'll have a chance. Oh, as he goes up for the dunk, Miller takes a piece of the arm. Two. Two on Miller now. Team foul number five. Here's another basketball player with a baseball background. He was a third-round pick. Of the Astros in 87 was Everett Gray. Let's bring him in, Everett Gray. Appreciate you, brother. How you doing this morning? I am doing well, DP. How are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. We, we, this has been a reco- recovery week for us all, so it's been long to get through. Um, whenever I hear that Jim Nance promo, I always try to remember to ask the next question. Of course, you were a multi-sport athlete. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that Larry Johnson was a pretty good football player. No, Larry was a boxer. A boxer. Um, he, he didn't. He didn't play on football, but he was a Golden Gloves champion at fourteen, knocking out grown men. That's why in that game, Todd Day made a business decision. <laughs> swiped at him because he. <laughs> he realized, oh, that's Larry, and uh, he can fight. Like, for real, for real, fight. Two for reals. So, um, yeah, he was a golden, for girl, golden glove <laughs> I love boxing that. champ as a 14-year-old. 14 years old, he could get to, get those hands, and we're not really surprised by that, right? At 6'5", and what what was he, about 215, 220 back then? No, nah, he was about 230, no body fat. Um, and, and the thing is that, he was a gentle giant. I actually uh, talked to him the other day, um, and he's uh, he's doing well. But he was he was uh, chiseled, 
and uh, and he has shoulders. He can fight. <laughs> he did have shoulders. He really did. Uh, what's he doing now? Um, he he moved back. Uh, he was working with the Knicks for years, and he moved back to uh, Vegas. And I think he's doing some um, some stuff for UNLV, and it's, he got some business stuff going on. Um, he's pretty much retired, uh, living on a golf course, playing playing golf every day. So he's doing all right. I mean, he's not hurting. He's fine. Um, I think his youngest kids are just about out of high school and uh, just doing a dad thing. What about let's go through? What about Stacy Ogman? What, what kind of athlete was he? Ice was um, Ice was a basketball player. I didn't think he played multiple sports. Um, and, you know, Ice is um, is uh, he, I don't know what he's going to do now, but he was assistant coach for Sacramento Kings for for the last three or four years under uh, Luke Luke Walton. So you know, they just got a new new coach, and I, I'm pretty sure that Stacy has a relationship with uh, with the new coach. I forgot his name. That's assistant with uh, Golden State. Um, and so I think he's doing, he's doing fine. He has, um, he lives in Rancho Cucamonga, Rancho Cucamonga, mm-hmm. and, um, just still coaching. He wants to get, he wants to be a head coach, to be honest, DP. He really wants to be a, a head coach at any level. Um, I know he tried to get a couple jobs in college. Uh, that's always fascinating because it happens everywhere where people start to talk about, Program college programs as they exist and how alumni are considered treated or involved, right? Help 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 me put a put a put a bow on what's happening at Nebraska by by, by talking about UNLV. When when you have legends like Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, Greg Anthony, etc., that you know ever great that there would be some consideration and some value for having former players. Around the program, uh, how does UNLV approach that currently? And I know that it's changed over the years, but how mm-hmm. how does it currently? What is the the engagement and the connection between, especially those legendary players and the program right. as it stands? Well, I mean, you know, I was on the other show to be talking about talking about the same topic. Um, the UNLV thing is. Um, Stacy and Larry and Greg, those guys are never coming back, ever. Why? Um, we talk about it all. I'm gonna get into it. So we don't, we talk about it all the time. Um, what really rubbed everybody the wrong way is when Stacy was an assistant coach under Dave Rice. Obviously, Dave Rice played for Coach Tark, um, and he uh, we try to keep that that lifeline between Tark and. And, uh, and the current coach. So they hired Dave Rice. But he hired Stacy as an assistant. So Stacy was there, and, and obviously they let Dave go around January. And um, a lot of people wanted Stacy to be the interim, and some of these people wanted Todd Simons to be the interim coach. So they went back and forth. They ended up hiring Todd Simons. And that's when they went left. And Stacy and I talked about it during that season because, you know, I don't know why they call me sometimes, DP. They call me the voice of reason sometimes. And he was like, man, why did they hire me? I'm like, well, you want the truth or you want me to lie to you? He was like, I want the truth. I said, they're afraid of what you would do. If you were successful and got that team to the tournament, they would have to hire you. 
and they're trying to separate themselves from Jerry Tarkanian, that's why they're not going to hire you. That's why they didn't give you the interim, because the pressure would have been so great on that athletic director, Tina Kusa-Murphy, when she was terrible, um, to hire you. Because if you would, that team was only, at the time, they were like 9-5, and 9-4, DP, and they fired Dave. And so I said, Dave, they just can't. They can't take that chance if you did well, got that team to the tournament, won your conference channel, and went to the tournament, it would have been the city would have went nuts. And then the money people would have went nuts. Um, there's a lot of money, but it's, there's, there's a lot of money in Las Vegas, right, DP? But there's only two or three boosters that run UNLV. Mm-hmm. And those guys are billionaires. Uh, so I just told him like this is just the pressure for it. it would have been so much pressure if you got that team to the to the tournament that they would have had to hire. So that's why they didn't hire. They went with Todd Simon, so they knew Todd. If Todd won, it wouldn't be that big of a deal if they didn't hire him. But Stacey Augman, with your number up in the Raptors, that would have been a problem. And so after that, DP, that's why a lot of these guys don't come back. Uh, they pretty much hate UNLV. And I try to talk to them like we're trying to get everybody back. All the people that that screwed Stacy at that time are all gone now, DP. Every single one of them are gone. So um, slowly and surely we try to um, try to get us to come back and, uh, and support the program. I think the last time we supported the program was when Lon Kruger was a was the head coach because Lon always brought us back. Now, can Kevin do that? Kevin Kruger? We'll see. But he did a pretty good job last year. And I got a hot take for you, DP, if you want it. Have it. Have at it. The first the first time the job came up, Jason Kidd called me like, E, I want the job. I heard you, the guy behind the scenes. I'm like, I said, Jason, you really want this job? He's like, yeah. So I make a phone call. This is the first time, DP, when they let Marvin Mincy go. Mm-hmm. They, um, the, the athletic director at the time, she was like, well, Everett, he doesn't have a degree. I was like, um, you hired a baseball coach without a degree. I know the rule there. Mm-hmm. If you're going towards your, if you're working towards your, your, um, you're working towards your degree, you can be the head coach at UNLV. Oh, you did your homework. I'm like, why do I need to do my homework? You knew that. But I, when she said that, that was that was one of my red flags. So Jason really wanted to book. They went back and forth. Actually, talked once on the phone. He never got an in-person uh, interview. They ended up hiring T.J. Offenberger. Remember him? Now he's at Iowa State. So Jason went on and went with the Lakers, right? Won a championship in the bubble. T.J. did what he did. They didn't do so well. He takes the Iowa State job. Jason and I talked again. He wanted the job again, DP. Jason finished his degree in that two years because he was working already working towards his degree. Now he has his degree. That is not an excuse. This is what this woman said. She brought up his past, DP. Well, the, he had an incident. Hey, hold on, DP. He had an incident in 2001 or 2000. I'm like, uh, yeah. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. I knew about that. But, you know, all these other franchises hiring him, I think he's fine. He may he had a, an issue with 
I can tell you what happened. He threw some French fries. There was some French fries involved. They threw some French fries at each other. That's what happened. I actually told her that. He wanted the job again. He wanted the job again. You see? So Jason and I talk. He's like, hey, I got my degree. I'm like, uh, I know. We're friends. You told me. <laughs> so um, she never interviewed him. She um, And she ended up giving a job to Kevin Kruger. Um, and Jason went on about a month later, got the Dallas Mavericks job. And the rest is history. But DP, he wanted the job twice. And he would have brought everybody back because everybody messed with with Jay Kidd. He would he would have hired Stacy. He would have made sure, because he told me, he's like, I got to bring back some of the old rebels on my staff. I'm like, that'd be great. And you get support from the people from Las Vegas. I, I, it's funny, too, because when you talk about, you know, UNLV and its past, and Nebraska goes through it all the time with the conversation as well. Yeah. Should we focus on the past? Do we need to f- highlight the past? Should we go move as far away from the past as humanly possible? And UNLV has yeah. that thing, right? I mean, they even had – I remember from the, from the, the chaos from the, uh, the, the hot tub photo. Yeah. Right? The hot tub photo. And everybody says, right. oh, you know, let, let, let's run in fast away from the past is, is, is what I remember this thing being because they were like, well, why are UNLV players in a hot tub in Vegas uh, hanging out with, you know, so-and-so? Well, all of this, every coach who's coaching at a collegiate level has a past. Right. Each and every one. So I think you're right, that perspective that, hey, listen, if we want, it, if we want perfection, we're not getting it. You're not going to get it. Right. And, and the UNLV, whether it's UNLV, Nebraska, Missouri, USC, um, business is, is happening. Can I ask you what NIL in your mind would be like in UN, in, in, in Las Vegas now? <laughs> like during our era? No, now like now, there? like right now. Oh, what? right now. Yeah, I think it's – got Nebraska fans in D.C., you – you know, I kind of do my homework when I go on your show. You got to realize, um, Las Vegas is not the same anymore, DP. Okay, it's not where you. Can, it's not one owner. Like a guy can go to to the owner's house, which I've done before, of a, a hotel. They live there, right? The owners live in Las Vegas. They have fixture in the city. Now it's all corporate. It's everything is corporate now. Mm-hmm. You can't get a comp dinner unless you spend two hundred thousand dollars in this. A hotel. So those days are over where you can make a phone call and you can call the owner. You can call Steve or you can call his assistant and like, hey, I got some family in town. Can I get to grab something to eat? Those days are over. I think with the NIL, it'll be, it'll be, you have to jump through loops to get a hotel to sponsor a kid. Now you can have some local businesses that's owned by, um, by local people and do it that way. Um, but it just depends on who you bring in, DP. If you bring in one of these ex-UNLV guys, now some of these kids will get, you know, six figures and maybe seven, you know. But um, I think it's just different now. Las Vegas is way different, DP. I was just there last weekend, and, you know, I hate Vegas. I hate it because there's too much traffic <laughs> and uh, too many people there. So, but um, it's just um, it's different times, DP. And for Nebraska – I know you guys want to be good in, in football. And the issue you guys have, you can't run the, the wishbone anymore. Tom Osborne, you can't. you got to adjust. You keep bringing these people back that ran that type of system. 
Um, that you're going to have to find somebody that from the mid 2000s that's going to be your coach that is used to that, or go find somebody that um, has some ties in Nebraska that know how to run the spread and all that stuff. And but them days and uh, running the wishbone, them days are over. The triple, I don't even know wing T. I don't know what you guys are at <laughs> Nebraska. I know, but it's just uh, it's just uh, it's hard uh, to uh, try to separate yourself from the past. In the future, and some people want it. Some of those older boosters at Nebraska want it. All right, UNLV too. But it's just you got to find the right fit and the right guy to, to lead your uh, lead your lead your school. We're talking to Evergrey, former UNLV running rebel. You know, played under Tark, played, uh, bounced all around the NBA and and in Europe, and now is an administrator and a coach in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, you're dealing with. AAU folks and AAU parents, AAU kids, you're dealing with high school kids in Utah. Um, and I was talk- we were talking to Barry Thompson yesterday, and we were talking about the difference between JUCO, uh, reclassification, and prep school. And prep school. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have some value, but they all have some, some boundary, some limit. For you – how how do you break down when when your kids ask you the question? Hey, coach, you think I should go? I should accept this JUCO deal? I should reclassify, or I should go to prep school and get the extra year? How do you suggest? How do you deal with when players want to find that extra year's advantage or getting in, staying in the game through a lower level? So let me explain to your your listeners, DP. When when guys reclass, all that is is that they were held back. Uh huh. They're technically in their own, their right grade. Like that five-star kid that just reclassed and signed with Texas Tech. Basically, he's just a 22. That's his real age. Mm-hmm. So when you see a guy reclass, it's just because he's held back. That's one. Um, the thing is that with Utah kids, I usually, the problem to DP is, uh, it's not a problem, it's just it's reality at this point. High school kids get screwed over now because of the, the portal. College coaches are lazy. They don't want to recruit high school kids anymore. They just recruit kids in the in the portal because those kids are already play a year or two, sometimes three, sometimes four of college basketball. They don't need that much grooming. So coaches are getting a little lazy, DP. Mm-hmm. Um, when when it comes to my kids out of Utah, I usually tell them if you have a deal, uh, if it's a full ride. If you're a JUCO kid or you're on a bubble, like I got a kid named Dylan Jones right now, six seven shooter, can shoot the crap out of the ball. Um, he's thinking about reclassing and going to a prep school, post-grad. Or he has tons of JUCO offers and he has a couple D2 offers. And so with him, it doesn't matter. He'll, once he, I told him to take a, a JUCO job. I call them jobs, because there are yeah. jobs at this point with the yeah. NIL. Yeah. Took a job. Yeah. I said, take the NIL job. I mean, take the uh, JUCO job. Play there one more. Play one year and then move on because you have a resume in, in college. They they look at junior college better, more uh, bigger than high school at this point. So yeah. I just like go to a um, go to a JUCO, and that's what I tell my kids. A lot of my kids, DP, you know, they I've had about nine D one kids in the last year and a half, mm-hmm. two years. Nine. I just had one sign with the University of Oakland. I think you saw that. Yep. And he just went to a JUCO for a year. He listened to me. And now he's uh, he had about 10, 15 offers out of the JUCO, out of Hill College in Texas. 
and he decided to go with Oakland. So the thing is that, you know, when it comes to that, uh, I usually tell my kids, they're, especially Utah kids, they're skeptical about the shot clock in Utah. Uh, they look at how they look too, DP, if you know what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. it's all my kids can play. And when the room gets dark, my kids are not afraid. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's just you yeah. have to um, uh, you have to look at the situation that's best for you. And they use, most of my kids usually listen, listen to me, and then they move on to a D1 um, after one year of JUCO, and then or either they sign super late, like around now or j- beginning of J- July, because you know when you go into the in the portal, you're getting other people's problems sometimes. And that's and that's an issue. You you use the phrase that held back, and that's 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 something that we used to say. You know, oh yeah, yeah, he's a year older; he got held back. But sometimes the reclass re, re, reclass now is happening to give an athletic advantage, that extra year of maturity. What say you to that? You talking about in high school? Yeah. What well, they do it so you can't do it. So let me tell you, listeners, you can't do it after the eighth grade. You can't. You have to do it before. So now, how do you even know if your kid's going to be good? There are some good eighth graders, no-brainer eighth graders. Um, some of these, they just, that's just the norm now, DP. Uh, everybody's being held back. Um, the benefits, uh, if you have like a late, or what is it, late birthday? Mm-hmm. Late July, August. But some of these kids, yeah, if some of these kids have been held back, and they graduate from high school. They, they're 19 years old. <laughs> like there's a cutoff. There's a cutoff rule. And some of those kids that you see that reclass is that's why they're like, all right, it's time to maybe move on. It's not going to get any better, so I might as well take this deal. Um, if, if your kid is have a late breath, birthday, I'm okay for it. Being held back for to see if your kid can be a five star or four star is ridiculous. Uh, either you have it or you don't. It's what God gives you sometimes. Well, they, and and then there's some people are double holdbacks. I've heard of double holdbacks. Well, that's the 19-year-old. Yeah, that's the 19-year-old. Right. Right, but these, these parents are holding them back, you know, in the 6th and 7th grade. It's, this is what they do. They send them to a charter school. Yeah. And they hold they hold them back out of charter school, yeah. and, they, and they do it that way. But some of these kids, some of these kids, are double hold back. Like they they they're there nineteen twenty when they graduate from high school. What's the what's the what is the prep school advantage? Is that more experience? Is that tape against same level talent? What is the prep school advantage? All of the above, what you just said. But your clock doesn't start. That's all that is, DP. When you go to a prep school or post-grad, once you go there, you go, you take two classes. You take a SAT prep class and another one, I don't know, whatever you want to make up. So your clock doesn't start. That's all it is. Mm. These guys want to have four years at a, at a, at a four-year, obviously. So, But if you go to a JUCO, that's one year. That's off your deal. So... Most of these kids and parents are figuring out, hey, I go to a prep school, a post-grad. I can, my clock doesn't start. All I do is train, get better, take these crappy classes. It's the SAT prep, prep course. And then uh, you play basketball. You can play up to 35 games the whole year. You travel around the country. And it's good competition. 
And, um, and you know, it'd be, college, it'd be college coaches there, and they go to practice, and your clock doesn't start. So basically it's almost like a juco yeah. without your not without losing the year. a year. Yeah, without losing a year. All right. All right, Ed, before we let you go, bro, who, who, who do you like tonight? Miami and Boston, can can Miami pull this, turn this thing around, or is this Boston on their way to Golden State? I like Boston. I think I told you I had Boston and coming out of the East a long time ago. It's just um, Miami is banged up, BP. <laughs> they are hurting. Jimmy is, doesn't like making excuses, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that he is a healthy. He might be scratched tonight. Um, Lowry's hobbling. Tyler Hero's hurt. I mean, I think they're going to close it out today. Um, it'll be close in the first quarter, but then the reality is going to set in. And I think uh, Boston's going to pull away, and then you know they'll get ready for next Thursday, and uh, it'll be a great finals. And uh, but the finals are going to be tough because Steph is going to have to guard. I told you, DP, that um, that Luca in this series had to guard. He did and, not. Uh, that's a problem. He did not. It's going to be crazy. Hey, man, have a great weekend, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, enjoy Memorial Day, and we'll talk next Friday. All right, let's talk to you. That's Everett Gray. Again, you know, sometimes you need I need to hear the logic from another space about how parents need to process. So think about how much parents have to process this stuff without the information. Without the information. And they're processing in their little small vacuum. So imagine a parent in Lincoln or a parent in Omaha who or inexperienced who are dealing with these things without having a full understanding of what's been done in the past and what's being done now. That how many parents are moving. You're moving, you're making a decision in Lincoln to move your kid, not knowing that there are 500 other kids moving and making that very same decision. You're not really changing your child's place in all of this. You're just another checker piece. But the parents need to know that. That's why we have to have these discussions. We'll go a little bit further into it when we come back. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store. You're listening to One on One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.